Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica has been taking a little time off, but we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, we've been posting some of her greatest hits in the Patreon feed. So if you're looking for a little extra from the Propaganda Report, this is the time to become a patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report. We are also doing a patron saint Zoom party this weekend, uh, Saturday or tomorrow, actually, two to four, where the topic is going to be activism. We're talking about people going to the town halls and school board meetings, seeing what experiences people have had in those protest moments and what people can do moving forward. So if you're interested in that, then check out the patron saint level on Patreon. Cam is with us today from the Mad Ones. Cam, thank you for joining us and help, helping me out these past two weeks. You've done a great job. Monica has very tough shoes to fill, and you have done a fantastic job. So thank you. This is uh, the final day. My, my, my only job, I feel, this whole time has been to make you seem smarter. Well, thank you so, very much. I appreciate that. That's what I'm here for. I need, I need that. I need that because I feel... <laughs> You get it gets your brain gets fried watching and listening to the news with just this cycle of the Rolodex of different headlines and themes that just hit you in the face. And I know that's part of the idea is to keep people confused and keep them overwhelmed, but it really can just fry your brain out at times. Absolutely. That's why, for the most part, unless I'm uh, working with you guys or talking to you guys or looking at things you post, I don't read the news. Because I'm, I, I, I see the big stuff. I, I watch what you guys are commenting on, and then I don't read it. it makes me it makes my life a little bit easier. <laughs> I think that that is a good idea. I think that it is definitely good to take breaks from the news. They've done these studies where, literally, the news does make you feel in negative ways because it's a lot. It's just nothing but negativity because that's what sells. Very rarely do you have just a bunch of positive news because that's not going to get the attention. They want the controversy. That's why I do try to highlight some of the positive aspects from time to time. Today, our top story is that the FBI finds little evidence that the U.S. Capitol attack was coordinated. The FBI did an investigation, and the results were that they found that it was not an organized plot to overturn the presidential election result. And this is according to four former and current law enforcement officials. They are unnamed, so anytime we have unnamed officials, you always right. that ticks me off. Put your name on it. But they said they gave this information to Congress, and that they view it as credible. Ultimately, no central coordination by far right groups or prominent supporters of former President Donald Trump, an unnamed former senior law enforcement official, said of the investigation, there was no grand scheme with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all of these people to storm the Capitol and take hostages. They found no evidence that Trump or people around him have been were involved in organizing any of the violence, and there has been little discussion by the Justice Department of filing any sedition or racketeering charges, which... There are people who are online. They call them online sleuths. And the Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper, yeah. was talking about them the other day, yesterday. And they call themselves the sedition hunters because this is what they are accusing people of doing on January 6th. The quote insurrectionist. It is interesting if you look into the quote sedition hunters because when that type of when this a group of people like this is on the other side, they're called QAnon because they're doing the same type of stuff. They're just going on treasure hunts trying to put puzzle pieces together to expose people 
yet they're sedition hunters and they're noble when they're on the side that is going after the January 6th people, but the other side, right. they're called crazy. The point here is that this narrative that domestic terrorism is the biggest threat in America that we're currently facing has been built on the back of the idea that January 6th was a coordinated attack was planned, was organized by all these groups, by all these white nationalists, these these white supremacists that have organized their domestic terror groups and that they're going to be trying to destroy America. That is what the big lie narrative, that is what the domestic terrorism narrative has been all about. Yet now it's kind of been blown up. It's that, yeah. I mean, this undermines that entire narrative. And I think it's possible that it was coordinated on January 6th on certain levels. I yeah. think small groups coordinated it. And I think if we're going to find out who it is who coordinated it, in all likelihood, it's probably going to be undercover agents. I mean, we have already seen that it was revealed by BuzzFeed. It was revealed by BuzzFeed that the attempted kidnapping of Governor Whitmar in Michigan was organized and driven by undercover FBI agents. They were the ones who were just putting a bug in people's ears. If you read these documents, the court documents, anytime the FBI busts up or stops a domestic terrorism attempt before it happens, you read these things and you see that it's like one really stupid person surrounded by a bunch of people going, can you believe what they did to you? Hey, <laughs> how about we go get this bomb that I have a friend and the friend is like a CIA agent and then the CIA agent or the FBI agent gives it to the person. Then as soon as they give it to him, they arrest him. That is basically what you read when you read the court documents involved in this Whitmar case in Michigan. So I think that this is a pretty predictable finding by the FBI, because if they were to investigate the origins of all of this, then they would probably lead them back to themselves and they don't want to do that. Yeah, that was my first thought was when you started saying it, my brain went to that meme, FBI foils, FBI terror plot, <laughs> um, because that's that was my that was going to be my response was this sounds a lot like obviously we can't pin it on any specific group. We don't have the way to do that without just, you know, stories that don't make sense. And it's going to come back to the FBI being behind it because yeah. it, everything there, everything that day looked so ushered in. It really did. The camera work, the coordinated movements, it looked like actors in some parts of it. Other parts of it looked like a training drill. And there's literally a video of someone during a Council on Foreign Relations panel discussion. These are all former CIA, FBI, NSA agents at this panel discussion, this particular one, talking about how the CIA and other groups were conducting what they called black propaganda operations into these QAnon groups on January 6th on these other dates where they were supposed to meet, infiltrating these groups, attempting to stir things up, operating undercover. I mean, they openly talk about that at a Council on Foreign Relations meeting. Yeah. On that same note, so this guy Floyd Ray Roseberry, or being John Malkovich, if he were auditioning to play a Capital Six, quote, insurrectionist, had no bombs in his car. This is the man who was arrested yesterday for driving his truck to the Library of Congress while he live-streamed threats of blowing up D.C., I'm calling him now the face of the of the domestic terrorism brand in America because he couldn't look the part anymore or sound the part. This is I mean, that's what they wanted to put out there with this guy. But the police searched his car. They found no bombs. But what they did find was they they did collect possible bomb making materials. And I found that phrasing interesting because Operation Flashpoint, I've talked about this a good bit lately, is an FBI 
and Homeland Security under not undercover. It's an operation where they're going around the South training local retailers at Ace Hardware's at stores that yeah stores that sell tractor supply. Yes, stuff that sells materials like this, farming supplies, whatever. They're training the locals. They're training people who are who fit the very description of this Floyd Ray Roseberry in how to detect bomb making materials and how to uh, so they're telling them what the bomb making materials are they're t- they're showing them how to arrange them they're walking them all the way up to the line of the FBI agent says okay we've arranged all the bomb making materials here in the back and this is actually what they did when you look at the the first the first training session they did and that FBI agent leaves and says now just make sure that you're only looking for people who buy these materials and make sure you don't mix any of those things together ordered and arranged perfectly after I leave here. So they're training the very demographic that they're labeling domestic terrorist how to make bombs and then they're getting out of there. I think I think it's a major setup. Monica spotted that. I think she's dead on. Yeah. Well, it's like I was looking at this. What, what was his name again? Roseberry? Yeah. Uh, Floyd Ray Roseberry. Anytime I hear three names, I know that there's prop- a propaganda push because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. think about any of the big ones uh, James Earl Ray, um, Lee Harvey Oswald, John Wilkes Booth. I mean, these are all people who are supposed to be absolute villains. That's how they do it. So anytime I see, and also, I'll be honest, this uh, Roseberry guy looks like he could be related to Stephen Paddock from the Mandalay Bay shooting. That is a good call. He really does. Do they not look like they could, they probably go to the same bar and chat with each other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> But it's uh, nothing about that feel felt real yesterday. It, the video didn't feel real. His random mentioning of Afghanistan, like what? You yeah, really so care you, you ended up watching the video. You saw, yeah, no, he's he's commenting on all the political commentary. And he's we're coming at Joe. It's up to you, Joe. He's, like he's talking directly to Joe. He, it, it was a type of video that that your drunk redneck friend makes or this because he was talking that way where he's talking to the person who's not really there. Yeah, it was, it's amazing. Well, I mean, it's, it's so clearly, and like I, like you said, it was uh, false flag was um, trending on Twitter and a lot of the good people that I know saw that and screenshot and was like, nah, 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 no, you're not doing this. This is not how this works. (laughs) We're not letting you have this. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of um, terrorists, this one's more of an interpersonal terrorist, but there's emotional terrorist, emotional, physical, um, interpersonal um, uh, urination terrorist. Uh, R. Kelly is back in the news because not only did he get caught with child pornography on his computer, not only did multiple people um, talk about how. They, he had essentially kept them in the house and forced himself on them for long periods of time. All of the sexual things that he did. There's a new story out that says uh, R. Kelly's physician testifies the singer has had herpes since at least 2007. As prosecutors allege, he knowingly infected people. Jeez. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Could it there? get worse? I mean, I know that people have like canceled the heck out of R. Kelly. But it's it's just wow. Could, they don't. I don't know about R. Kelly. He so they like he knowingly infected them, meaning that he never told any of the victims. 
Okay, so the the yeah, he never told any of the victims. The doctor actually, it said at least two thousand seven, but he had mentioned having some kind of um, positive in two thousand. So he's had herpes for a long time, and this doctor uh, would write him a, a prescription for um, what's that? What's the the drug called? Um, Valtrex. Because Valtrex will keep it so you, you don't look like you have it and it'll keep the flare-ups down. And he would use it every day. Most people use it when there's a flare-up or randomly. But if it's bad enough and it's regular enough more than three times a year, your doctor makes you take it every day. R. Kelly had a regular prescription, rolling prescription for all of that time. Wow. And, and so he was not telling people that he had it. Um, the, the physician allegedly never wrote it down and never put it in his medical records. And the reason, and this is funny, what the, at the very end of this article, it talks about how McGrath, who is the physician, uh, testified that Kelly did not pay for his medical services at all. And that Kelly often gave him gave the physician and his wife free tickets to concerts and at times paid for the couple to travel to concerts around the country. So here's the moral of the story. If you are an entertainer with herpes, um, pay your doctor. Otherwise, he's going to rat on you about your herpes to the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, I mean, he might be violating his oath there, but did the victims get did they catch herpes? Yes, at least one of them in the article that talked about how she had herpes shortly after being confined into a space with him. Yeah. R. Kelly, he lives on a planet all his own, and he seems like the type of egotistical, just narcissist who probably sees other people as tools that he, that he just uses for his own his own pleasure. And he's not a good dude. He used to have all these women in Atlanta, so he would get these young women and he would basically groom them and turn them into his he, he would enslave them mentally and emotionally to where their yeah. families would beg them to leave his mansion he had like this mansion of all these young girls that would stay with him just openly oh. for a while and uh, trapped in the closet on youtube is one of the most ridiculously insane <laughs> 22 part series you're ever going to see and all you have to do is watch that to see that this is not really a, a guy who is living on the same planet as everybody else this is not a healthy person, and his disgustingness has forever ruined the um, the soundtrack to Space Jam. And I, I don't know if I can forgive that. That is an unforgivable thing to do. There's another <laughs> story like that in the news as well today about the Boy Scouts. Didn't, didn't you say something about yeah. that? So the Boy Scouts over the last year or so have been getting a lot of um, allegations of child molestation, sexual assault for the boys in the Boy Scouts. And I had heard a couple and I thought, oh, well, you know, there must be a few here or there. Um, it turns out that there were 82,000 allegations against the Boy Scouts for molestation and sexual assault. Over what time span? I mean, that's a, that's a large I mean, I, number anyway. Well, it, it is over. It is over many years. Um, one of the things that led to this many allegations was one, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of false ones in there that always happens in a situation like this. Um, but 
what had happened is several states got rid of that statute of limitations for suing people for something okay. like this. So there was a, um, I guess, a class action lawsuit against the Boy Scouts, which they went into um, Chapter 11 bankruptcy last year because of that. And it looks uh, as of yesterday, uh, a U.S. judge signed off on a $850 million settlement in this uh, sex abuse scandal. And do you know how many people that's going to be distributed among i'm it's it from what i can tell it's those 80 82,000 abuse claims wow that's a lot that's good that there's some justice there there's always the the possibility that when people see these class action lawsuits they can jump in and start making claims hoping to get in on the the cash grab but if they're what you really want to see in situations like this is you want to see the people who actually committed the offenses you want to see them prosecuted but i know since this is been over a large period of time it's going to be hard to track down those people boy scouts that's not surprising to me that there was a lot of claims like that that's the it's the type of jobs that attract people who would do those do that type of thing and i think that doesn't mean that it doesn't attract good people who have good intentions as well but someone who does have bad intentions would think that's a position that they would be put in power over a bunch of children where they could get away with stuff like that. I I think the vetting process and being aware of being involved, I think, is going to be yeah. the best defense to stuff like that. So I think sometimes people send their kids away to camps and they just kind of turn off not all the way but they might not be fully involved in in who it is that is leading them and influencing them there and i just think super vetting of those people that you don't know especially when they're in jobs like that not to say that there aren't really good people who have those jobs there are yeah and this is this is a good example of how parents need to step up and it's 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 since it's on such a long time frame um just like the bob dylan story the other day um, it's it's such it can be back in the 60s or 70s. So this is this goes to show that parents need to know the people who are watching their kids because you're not wrong. That was a point I was going to make is I'm not saying that every Boy Scout or Girl Scout instructor or camp counselor or every teacher or every ch- daycare worker or any of these people are all bad. But. Your job as a parent to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're not bad. And these are jobs that draw predators. Like you said, you need to be careful. You need to know what you're sending your children into. You need to be able to to have some certainty that you're sending them to good to good people. Because I feel like over the last I mean, there was the satanic panic when I was growing up, but it seems like back then it was a panic. But right now it seems very clear and much more clear headed that there are a lot of bad things going on with children yeah. and it's not colored by craziness. So you need to be careful. Yeah. So I walk my dog around the neighborhood, neighborhood I used to live in, walk my dog around and a few years back, this kid who was probably seven just came out and started walking with me one time. And yeah. he was just asking me questions because he liked the dog. And he started talking about baseball. And I did not like that this kid had just started walking with me. <laughs> and I was trying to be nice, but it happened again. He started doing it kind of 
because nobody was watching him. It was over the summer. He was just outside playing. He would see me walking the dog, and he'd come start walking with me. And in my head, I'm going, kid, stop walking with me. I know, because I know if I was a parent and I saw somebody walking with me, he was a long hair, stranger, don't know who he is, and I'd be like, what's going on here? So... I want to go to his parents back. Look, I'm going to call defects on you for letting your kid walk with me because you don't have any idea who I am. Yeah. Get your kid Were to stop fubbing? walking. He, do what? Were they fubbing? They might have been. I have no idea. I just think they weren't paying attention to their kid. I think that they were, yeah. yeah, probably looking at their phone a little too much or they were at work and he was just doing whatever. And he was a nice kid and he was just interested in the dog and like talking about baseball. But I, I didn't, I'm like, man, watch your freaking kid. Let's hear some wins and losses before we get to the last story of the day. We, so you have yeah, some stories, some negative stories. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that was, that's been the thing is so many negative stories. And one of them, one of the negative stories I pulled up, you actually found that it was, it had changed and we'll yeah. talk about that in the W's. But um, so here, here are a couple, the governor of Connecticut, Yankee, I, I, I'm sorry for anyone who lives in these states. Like, I'm a Southerner, and if if I offend you by calling you a Yankee, good. Um, so the governor held a news conference, um, letting everyone know that uh, all state employees, including teachers, will have to be vaccinated, or they will lose their jobs. Yeah, well, they're going to lose a lot of teachers and a lot of state employees. Yeah, well, that's true. That that is true. There's um, uh, what was the? This includes. I was reading another story, and it was talking about how um, they were going to force all um, doctors and nurses in Oregon to to be vaccinated or lose their jobs. And uh, alleged, this is this goes into the W column. This is a, a W a win and a loss. The loss, they're saying in Oregon, they're going to overturn this uh, 30-year-old ruling that, which is weird to me that there was this law that said that nurses didn't have to be vaccinated, but the public did. Like, I don't, I don't understand that distinction, but Oregon's overturning that and saying that if you are a doctor or a nurse, you must get vaccinated or you cannot practice or you will lose your job. And so there, the good thing, the win in this is there are many, many nurses that are already speaking up and saying, I will lose my job. That is fine with me. And then when you, so when you start talking about how the ICUs are overflowed or, or you don't have enough people to work the floors, this is your fault because yeah. I could be working. And, and I saw that's, where that's a little a, W. A bunch of these nurses and healthcare workers talked about how many of them are not on board with this so many to the point where they could form their own hospital, their own healthcare system. And I think that's the parallel systems oh, rising. I want that. That would be, that would be the ultimate W. It's it happening. Really, it, and I'm, I, I, I like, it seems so sad, but I love, there is something good to be said about, um, ideological self-segregation like choosing to associate in different ways having freer parts is kind of how the united states was supposed to be you know yeah a bunch of different right. like 50 different countries doing different things and you go to the one that you want to be in yeah this is the same thing but on a smaller and more local scale and i, I love the idea of that um 
The second, second story is that, okay, so at the beginning of the pandemic, the insurance companies were worried that the, the federal government was going to force them to pay for all COVID stuff for free and to waive all fees on COVID, um, uh, COVID treatments. And so what they did in this fear is they started to um, just offer it for free anyway. So they started waiving it themselves so it wouldn't be mandated and they'd be stuck with it. So now as the let, let me the way they they worded this was incredibly annoying to me because you can't read it's Peterson KFF health health system tracker. So <laughs> um a lot but of trackers. The way, yeah, a lot of a lot of contact tracers, a lot of a lot of really creepy stuff. But the first sentence um, of this of this talks about how incredibly um, effective and safe the vaccine is. Like it just leads with that. Yeah, it leads with hey, this is effective. This is safe, no matter what. And it's like, is it? Is that something a claim you can make? I don't think that that's a safe claim, but most of the insurance companies, the two top health plans in the country, which they didn't name. I don't know why they didn't tell me the names of these companies, why they're being vague here, but they're going to start making it so that um, if you have COVID and you didn't get vaccinated and you didn't get tested, then you will have to pay the treatment costs out of pocket. Yeah. Another, yeah, another that's a, that's another theme we're starting to see, and I think you brought some stories about it earlier this week. Where you're going to get punished financially, not just losing your job, but we're not going to refund you, or we're gonna. Oh, I, f- I forgot to update that. New or this could be in the W's, but I'm sorry, I have to say it now before right. I forget. New Orleans Saints, they actually relented. People got pissed off enough about not being refunded that they decided, yes, those who aren't vaccinated and want a refund for their tickets will get their money back. And that's why it's important that people are speaking up is because if people don't speak up, then they're not going to force those people, those organizations to, you know, retract. The, um, the final L I'm the final loss of this episode is actually one that is kind of horrifying. Um, a 64 year old heart patient, Um, Sam Allen of Monroe uh, has been removed from the transplant list, transplant list for refusing the COVID vaccine. He has been on a heart transplant list for two and a half years. He's been waiting. Um, According to um, his, his conditions are mitral valve regurgitation, tricuspid valve regurgitation, aortic valve regurgitation, aneurysm of the thoracic aorta, and dilated cardiomyopathy. So he has three leaky heart valves. And uh, during this, the pandemic, alleged pandemic, uh, those have made it nearly impossible for him to breathe. So he didn't, he was like, I cannot breathe. I will not be wearing a mask. And that's when he first started getting trouble from his doctors and things like that. Yeah. And this, you know, with the news today, and this actually came out sooner than this, like a month ago, but it's another study finding that the Delta infections carry just as much virus load in vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So what is the point of screwing this guy over? Those people should be ashamed of themselves. 
they should and and this guy is worried because he he saw some of the documented side effects of the vaccine which include mm-hmm. heart problems yeah which include worsening of heart problems and he's he says I don't feel safe. And I, I love that he called it this. He didn't call it a, va- a vaccine. He called it um, experimental gene therapy. So this ki- guy is kind of a hero in his own right. Um, but he's worried that if he gets this vaccine, the side effects um, that hurt his heart will kill him. And so he doesn't want to do it. And so in June, the doctors told him that he would be taken off the list. Uh, he wrote a letter uh, saying that uh, in 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 June he wrote it and he said, I understand that my choices have repercussions, but I did not change the policy. I am most put off not by your decision to remove me from the list, thereby removing any opportunity to live my life at a near normal level, but by the lack of scientific logic that dictates your policy. As a person who has spent much time and money at this hospital as a heart failure patient, I am being told I cannot get care for my condition unless I take an injection that has shown to cause cardiac problems. It seems that a wise choice would be to not make a panic move and run to get injected with the experimental gene therapy until more is known. And the hospital replied, as your provider noted, they are happy to reevaluate should you change your mind. This is a terrible thing to do to another person. Hopefully there are other doctors, other lists that he will be able to get on. I don't know how these work. Imagine being on the list for for two two and a half years. That's terrible. And, and, And that's the thing. One of the things I've found in talking to people I've known, there's one, I have one friend right now who currently has COVID and has viral pneumonia. And so she's gone to the doctor and the doctor said, no, you can't have steroids for your pneumonia because that'll just make COVID stronger. And so they haven't done anything to ease her pain, to help her be better. By using this steroids make it stronger is allegedly an old argument that's been debunked. And so they are it's everyone's telling her, oh, well, you didn't get the vaccine. So it's just hard. Deal with it. And it seems a lot like they're letting her stretch this out. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're looking like they're they're letting this stretch out so that when she finally goes into the hospital because she needs she can't breathe anymore, they're going to be like, well, you should have had the vaccine. You should have asked for the vaccine and use her as just another. And one of those CNN stories where they say beg for the vaccine and we know we won't. Yeah, whatever. Well, they con them into saying that every one of these stories are the same. So and so on their last breath said, tell everybody to take the vaccine. Then they died. How is every story like that? I don't believe that these people are saying that all these people are saying these things. I believe they're being coaxed into it if they are at all. Perhaps in situations like you're suggesting right here, it's terrible to do that to people, especially when this these evidence is showing that the viral load is is the same for the vaccine and unvaxxed. And it's a demonization program that is going way too far and i think more people are starting to wake up to it i'm really hoping that um my friend's situation is not the usual yeah i'm hoping that the other i've talked to three people who've had this this similar kind of thing where they seem to have had treatment held back from them because it's COVID and because they didn't have the vaccine or they didn't mask or whatever. I'm really hoping that this is abnormal. But if someone were to do something, if someone were to want to make this propaganda, this would be the way to do it. 
I need if they, some if they get to a point where they're <laughs> hopefully it doesn't get to this point, but if they get to a point where there's talk of a ventilation, a ventilator, make sure that every single option has been exhausted because ventilators yes. are not a first option. Ventilators are a last resort option. Make sure your friend is is being very cautious about that. If it's necessary, then it's necessary. But make sure all the options are exhausted. Well, Hopefully, she's a nurse. Yeah, so. well, good. That's great. Um, but yeah, so with that, I think I need some W's, and I think that those are for after. Yes. We, well, you, you tell us about our fine sponsor. That's exactly right. Before we do get to that last story of the free thirty, which is going to be some of those W's to to uplift us to show us what people are doing around the country in a positive way. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is what motivates people to deceive and also how to not rob a bank. I also want to thank the sponsor of today's show, the Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, a laugh and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys, a rye wit for today's sh- and for Propaganda Report listeners only, use the coupon code PROP10 to get a discount on your purchase. And if you haven't yet, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check us out on Patreon. If you join up at our basic level, the Truth Sponge level, you will get access to all of our Patreon-exclusive content, which includes the Patreon 15, where we pick up where we left off here on the DMB while letting our hair down a bit. What you'll get is extra content every single day that we do a DMB, and you will get this show, the Drive Time News Blast, commercial-free, plus the Patreon content. That's 45 minutes of commercial-free content every weekday. You also get access to early releases at the True Sponge level, as well as select patron-only interviews and participation in our patron-only mini Q&As. You also get direct access to Monica and I, as well as our entire Patreon community, which is a highly engaging, highly interactive, and very good-looking community. All of that for 7 bucks a month, so check it out. If you don't like it, then you can stop it after a month and check out another tier. Patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now on to our final story of the free 30. All right, here's some, here's the opposite angle from what you were talking about. Here's some wins that were going on. Some more activism, some more protest. 150 people protested Wellstar's decision to mandate vaccines in Marietta, Georgia yesterday. The workers told Channel 2 that they aren't sure if their protest will change Wellstar's decision to have the mandates, but they want to make sure their voices are heard. And that is very simple but profound because we oftentimes defer to not taking action, defer to not speaking up for fear that it won't do anything or for fear of backlash. It does have an impact. We are seeing this across the country. We are seeing mandates pushed back. We are seeing 
companies take an action, then you highlighted one earlier, and then have to go back and not do that. Like the New Orleans Saints, who weren't going to refund anybody. Everybody get mad at them. They had to change their policy. Making your voice heard, protesting does help, and there are people like you. A second win is in Texas. A North Texas doctor's group retreats on policy saying vaccination status needed to be part of care decisions. See, what they had done is they had secretly developed a plan that sought to prepare for the possibility that due to COVID, they'd run out of ICU beds. And if that happened, the doctors would then officially be able to take vaccination status of sick patients into account when determining who gets a bed and who gets care. So they would be prioritizing the vaccinated people over the unvaccinated people when it comes to ICU care. And that's critical care. If you're going to the ICU, you got critical care. This is life and death type situations. Could call it a death panel even. Well, a memo, a copy of this internal memo was leaked. And since it was leaked, one of the doctors involved, and listen to this doctor's name, Dr. Mark Casanova. <laughs> he sounds sexy. Is he as yeah, sexy he as he sounds? Well, you know, if he was not on the wrong side of this, then he might be. But I'd say he loses all his, his sexiness by his initial position anyway. But Dr. Mark Casanova backtracked after this memo was leaked. And he described the inter- internal memo as just a homework assignment for his task force. And then he went on to say that vaccination should not be among the factors hospitals should consider when making critical care triage decisions. That only happened because that memo was leaked and he was forced to confront the backlash that happened. So when you can when this stuff gets exposed, when people shine the light on it, when people protest, when people call out the BS, they have to stand up and they have to either continue forward against this mass pressure because there is mass pressure. People are not in the minority that are against the mandates. People are in the majority that are against the mandates. Even vaccinated people are against the mandates. Most vaccinated people that I know are against the mandates. In fact, I don't don't know if I know anybody who's actually for the mandates. So you're in the majority here. Know that and know that your protest action will cause pushback. It will have an effect. So I think that's fantastic that he had to turn that around. And I want to give an announcement for people who are in Birmingham. There's a rally. I got a a tweet about this, a rally in Birmingham to oppose the vaccine mandate for the two largest hospitals in central Alabama. It affects, yeah, it affects those two large, do what? UAB? I'm not sure. Let's see. The rally is at St. Vincent's Hospital in Birmingham. Okay. And there's also a regional hospital in the area as well. So that's all the details I have on that. So if you're in the Birmingham area, maybe you can find out more where exactly those other hospitals are. And there's a there's a protest going on if you want to participate there. I think that wraps it up. For well, and I would say, please do that for me. If you are in that area, do it for me. All three of my children were born at St. Vincent's. My oh, three oldest yeah. children were born at St. St. Vincent's. Um, I was born in Brookwood. Uh, medical center and uh, UAB, I think, is a large one out there too. But yeah, make my home better because I want to come back eventually. I don't want to. I mean, Florida's great, but this is not where I want to be forever. I want to go back to either Georgia or Alabama, and so you guys need to help me by making it livable before I make that move. All right. What do they say in Alabama? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your 
podcasting platform of choice under the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. Remember, we do have that Zoom party for patron saints this weekend, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday, the 21st. We will talk to you all next time or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.